Welcome to the Nate and Doran podcast. We are professional videographers based in Vancouver, Canada, and we are here to talk about relevant topics within the video and media industry. I'm Nate and I run Nate Dixon Media. And I'm Doran the videographer, sole entrepreneur offering video production services. Today we're going to discuss uh, one of the hardest shots to pull off in the movies, at least in our opinion, uh, the long take. So, um, what exactly is a long take, Nate? Well, Doran, let me start by just kind of going over the, the history of cinema. No. Oh, no. <laughs> but, but you may have noticed, like, the, the newer the movie, typically the faster paced it's cut mm. in terms of, like, how long each shot is, and then it switches to another camera angle. Like... It can be to the point of some action movies where it's just so jarring and you can't even follow what's happening. It's just. Oh, yeah. And, I totally know what you mean. You know, they, they cheat, um, like, fighting and, like, connecting shots that way. Yeah. If if an actor can't doesn't have the chops to, like, pull off all these stunts in the fights, they'll just, like, film him punching a guy one time from, like, five different angles and make it look faster and more intense mm-hmm. um yeah. and yeah so yeah, i totally know what you mean yeah so a long take is kind of the antithesis of that trend mm-hmm. so it's just one unbroken shot the camera doesn't cheat or switch to different angles it's just an unbroken continuous experience and it can be you know, three or four minutes, or some movies even kind of make the entire movie just one shot. And you know, there's there's little places where they can kind of quickly switch or hide doing certain techniques, but the experience is still the same. It's just the one angle, you're kind of like floating along or following along, and you feel like you're kind of in the movie. At least that's what most of these, mm. uh, you know, long takes are going for, I feel. Yeah, so that's that's uh, okay. I, I fully understand the concept because um, this is this is something that uh, you probably have known and liked for a while, but I haven't really noticed or thought about it until like a couple of years ago when I saw a movie doing it. And you know, as a video, as a you know, as a videographer and a person that is aware of filming techniques. Uh, it's ruined, um, not ruined, but it's changed the way I watch certain movies and shows. I like deconstruct what they're doing from a video perspective instead of being immersed mm-hmm. in the story. But yeah. you get to learn stuff. Uh, and when I saw one movie do a long take, I was like, oh, my mind was blown. I'm like, <laughs> this is brilliant. But here's the interesting thing. My first question would be, because what you just described earlier about those, uh, how mm-hmm. how it's typically done in fast, especially in fast-paced like action thriller movies, all that angle and camera angle changing, quick cuts, those were a tool used to tell the story. That's mm-hmm. their point. So would a long take still be telling the story? Would it like like it wouldn't have that advantage? So it like. Why is a long take a good thing, Nate? What do you like a long take? How does it tell a story differently than the fast cuts? Can you can you like expand on that? Because it's like very interesting if you think about it. Hmm. 
Well, I'd say like it's like it's like any any shot in a movie could be considered like a tool, right? You know, maybe one's a screwdriver, one's a hammer. Like a long take isn't going to be good in all circumstances or situations. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the reason I appreciate a good long take in a movie is because, you know, for for these short little bursts of, you know, a couple seconds for each of these shots, you only have to be on for those two seconds. You know, you might have to time an explosion or a stuntman, a camera move, and you have to time that perfectly. But if you get it wrong, you can just reset and film for those two seconds again mm-hmm. until you get it right. Whereas a long take, <laughs> expand that out to like four or five minutes of unbroken concentration with, you know, everybody involved in the movie. And I think I really can admire the craft of movie making in that sense. You know, you, you've said that becoming a videographer in some ways has ruined movies for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, it also kind of unlocks this extra layer of appreciation in a movie. Oh yeah. You, you, you definitely hit a solid point there. Yeah. I just, I just figured out a comparable example for me to understand the depths of what you're just saying. I'm thinking of when a client has to deliver a script to camera and if if it's if they memorize just the single sentences or simple paragraphs and each time they're done one they have to memorize the other one and do it and I have to switch angle to a different camera that's easier and faster to do but it's more cuts so I'm imagining a client having to memorize a five-page script and not make a mistake because a mistake means a reshoot or, or a retake should I say <clears throat> So it's it's the equivalent of a one take. A long take is basically yeah, a one take with the one camera and what you just said yeah, for a movie like everyone has to be perfect. The background guys can't screw up. Like how how many things do you think could go wrong with a long take? Like if you were to do a long take, what, what do you? This would be an interesting challenge to do if if we were still doing challenges, which we're not. <laughs> well, this would have been a prime one to add to force ourselves to do a long take. What do you think the challenges would be? Oh man, so many. Like even just myself filming. Like if I had my if if, if I like had the camera on the gimbal. And maybe let's say following somebody, maybe I have autofocus turned on. There's not even a focus puller, but just being able to know exactly what frame I want to land on and then how to transition that smoothly to the next frame. And maybe I'm walking backwards and trying to like not make any noise and not bump into anything like just operating the camera. You know, you, you'd want extra people there just to, you know, have you have their hand on your shoulder and pull you back so you don't feel like you're gonna bump into something. Yeah. So depending on how the long take is, I'd say even just operating the camera and still getting those shot angles you want to make is like super tricky. Totally. And obviously the talent in front of the camera has to act out everything perfectly. And who knows, maybe even these actors, they're used to just doing their one thing and like, cut, okay, next one. And now all of a sudden you're on a movie set and you're like, okay, for the next five minutes, this is what you have to do. So they have to memorize like way more like 
positioning, like not make eye contact with the camera because they're used to after they do the one thing to like, okay, how did it turn out? Um, if yeah, if there's music or sound involved into that as being live recorded, I can already associate a long take with a nightmare. <laughs> for for like someone that's never done it to attempt to do, like I cannot see myself yeah. doing a long take for a client without like insane amounts of preparation and rehearsal. Definitely. I would not, I would never do a blind long take unless it's something that's like inherently accepted as you take it as is. So like, <laughs> I think the only time I've ever been in that position is for weddings. If it's a one camera wedding, like, yeah, well, it's one take capture what you can with one camera, but everything's very controlled and there's no surprises. You kind of know where people are coming in, where they're standing, where they're going to go. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. So it's almost, it's like almost less of a movie and more of like a play where the camera people are also members on stage, you know, the way they have to interact with each other to keep mm. their distance and like, pivot around each other and so yeah it's it's kind of a different totally different experience of movie making it's yeah you know, it's more like live theater ah interesting this is kind of going back to one of the points we had in a previous episode i can't remember which there's been so many episodes i don't know <laughs> um but where we kind of discuss about storytelling and you kind of briefly touched on this earlier, like basically there might be moments where a long take isn't the best way to tell the story of what's happening, like an intense fighting scene. The choreography for that must just be insane, uh, insanely hard to pull off so that you it's easier and more effective to do the quick cuts. But um, yeah, I guess we, we have we have some examples we can go through of um when we first noticed long takes and why they were effective. We'll, we'll look at some of these clips and we'll break down why they're such excellent storytelling techniques. Um, but um, I, I guess, can, can we both agree that do, do, actually, let me just ask, um, do you think it helps the storytelling in the sense of it immerses you into what is happening? from your experience of noticing these long takes, does it help like make you feel like you're part of the movie? Like you said, cause that's the theory, yeah. but what, what, what's your actual experience? Well, I think there's like different stages. So <laughs> at first I'm like, okay, this is just a normal shot. And then the longer it goes, I'm like, Oh man, this is a long take. And then I like, it takes me out of the movie because I'm like excited about it. That was and then, time, yeah. and then I get more immersed in it. I'm like, man, I, I actually feel like I'm right there next to the person, and I'm like, looking left and right. Um, so even if it's not like right next to the actor, I definitely feel more immersed into the movie because, uh, you know, I know they're not using a stuntman. If it's like they show a close up of the actor's face, and then it's an unbroken shot, and they just go and do something crazy like walking on the edge of a building or you know do some cool stunt i'm like that's the actual actor they're not like 
cheating or using a stuntman or cutting away for just certain parts. I'm like, mm-hmm. that is that person. I think they could cheat it if they wanted to. Because the camera is not sticking only on the one actor. Like sometimes That's the camera true. will pan to the left to show you a detail. And when you pan back to the right, they could do a little switcheroo on you. That's true. They could. I'm just saying theoretically. I can't think of a, a sure. practical example because like... Yeah, it's just something that I wasn't aware. Like, who knows how many movies have been doing this and I haven't been aware of it. Yeah, I'm sure there's a list on IMDb or something of all the longest takes in movies. And yeah, you're right. But the way the what my brain tells me when I'm watching is that is that person. Yes, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, you have that, uh, that established, um, uh, what you can call it, like uh, environment, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm mm-hmm um so yeah in in my experience it has helped me immerse myself in the story because i realized that it 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 made my brain re exactly like you said like first i realized like okay this is doing something different so i had to like forget that this is a movie and realize okay this is a filming technique but the implication there was because there's not extra angles and the story's not spoon-fed to me, I have to pay extra attention to what is on screen at the angle that the camera's getting it. So it actually forced me to pay attention more to what's on screen and look like left and right and look around the scene instead of everything being like dead center and given to me. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So um, it's just a different way of telling a story. Maybe some people hate it. Some people suck at noticing details. Not suck, but they're just not like um, visual learners, let's say. <laughs> um, but for me, it it definitely got me excited to watch that one movie that I did watch with this technique. And you know what? It would even... I think this would even um line you up for a rewatch because the second time you would watch it you might focus on a different area of the room and realize details that you missed out on the first time Hmm. yeah that's a good point instead of cutting away to a close-up of oh she left the keys on the counter and you see her walking out so instead of that happening that's happening kind of like at the edge of the frame but the focus is on her but the camera's moving out and you're like you had to notice that the keys were left there so I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's just it it opens up a lot of new possibilities in storytelling. Yeah. <laughs> what mm-hmm. when when was the first time you noticed uh, a long take, or was it something that someone explained to you and that's how you learned about it? I probably watched some YouTube video about it and saying probably talking about why long takes are cool or something like that. I don't think I discovered it for myself. I think I just saw it on on some one of those movie kind of analysis youtube channels and i was like whoa that is really cool and then after that i would always kind of watch for it and uh for for, after you um introduced this topic to me and this concept I, i like had to look into it and i realized the first time i noticed it in a movie was a movie that simulated um this long take um effect it was a 2011 movie called silent house i believe it's kind of like a psychological thriller uh, slash horror um and i think 
I th I can't remember if if we were working together at that point, but I remember whoever was like part of my day as a coworker, I would be telling them nonstop about this movie because it blew my mind. Like they don't cut, they don't cut. It's just <laughs> one camera angle. Um, then later on, I did some research into their like behind the scenes and how they did their thing, and. Uh oh, the cops are on to me. <laughs> um, uh, I realized that they took up to 12 to 15 minute takes and they would use like going through a dark passage or like having a wall uh, uh, kind of transitioning, following a character from one room to another, but going through a wall sort of and the walls like taking up the frame and is blurred. They use that as a cutting point. So it it felt like a continuous movie done in a single take. And technically, it that's the effect that they were going for. Realistically, they achieved that by doing like several 15-minute takes. Um, so that's the first time I noticed it in a movie. But here's... here's um, not a hard to swallow pill, because it's not hard to swallow. It, it's like a... Uh, what do you call it when, when you like... Someone like opens your mind to something. Like, here's the truth. It's always been in front of you and you didn't know it. What was the term okay. I'm looking for? Help my ESL. Mm. Woke? Not sure. I don't know. Woke has too many uh, bad connotations oh, with today's like, culture. I think it's like, maybe like. It, let me enlighten your you. eyes. How about that? Sure. You, you were enlightened. Yeah. That works. Um, Maybe in movies we haven't noticed it, but one medium that constantly uses continuous long takes is music videos and commercials think of the what we watched a couple podcasts ago old the spice. old spice that's <laughs> yeah. one continuous cut simulating many um, environments so they're, they're kind of cheating the environment but the effect is still there it's one continuous take and uh, some music videos do that too Mm -hmm. Um. So that's why I I I was like, you know what? This effect has been used a lot, not in movies, but it's been used in short form a lot. And movies have started adopting it, and I love it. Um. So since we've mentioned these um, kind of these examples, let's let's look at one of them. You, I actually watched this movie, Spectre. Like yeah, the James, James Bond. Bond. Yeah, mm -hmm. I watched it. And it was after I realized what a long take is um, because of that other movie. But that one felt like an entire, like it was a one hour and a half movie, you know, a 90 minute movie. Um, this scene from Spectre is like, how how long is it? I think it's only like four minutes, four minutes, 10 seconds or four something. Four minutes and 10 seconds. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you know what? When I watched the movie, I don't recall seeing it, like mm. realizing what is happening and now rewatching it, and we're going to watch it in just a second, I realized because I was immersed. I was immersed in the story because of the camera work. And we're, we're going we're gonna to kind of dissect it a little bit. Um, so if you're ready, I will switch us over. Sure. All right. Give me one second. And... Transition. Transition. <laughs> All right, so you see you see the screen? Yeah, and this is the very first shot of the whole movie, too. So some mm -hmm. long takes are kind of sprinkled throughout, but 
maybe an important point is after those first logos or whatever, this is the first thing you see. No, no other context. That's a big crowd. That is a big crowd. I wonder how much of it was in person, how much was like where the green screen is at one point. Well, I think they said they had about 1500 people Shoot. as extras. And look at the height of the camera, like this is a crane movement or something. And it's coming down to ground level and it's going to follow somebody. So at some point they detach the camera and put it on a glide cam. Is my assumption. Like there, there is so much to break down that I, I don't even know what to pick up on. Like the reason why this is super immersive and the reason why this is very good storytelling is because every position of the camera is very intentional on revealing the story. Like there it went up to his face to see the details of his mask and the eyes so you recognize the character. Now it's giving you the depth of the event by going behind him and you see kind of down the street. You see the close-up of their costumes. Here we focus on Dia de Muertes. And right there is actually something very crucial that I want to go back and look at. This is one of the challenges of, uh, of doing a long take. Lighting changes. He went from an outdoor mm -hmm. event to an indoor. And you can actually, if you pay attention, you actually notice that after it goes from the um, poster back to them, the exposure bumps up slightly. If you if you notice on their clothes, did you notice that on the walls? So like, look, yeah. look at the, how the dark the wall is right here, and just keep your eye on the wall there. Yeah, it just brightens right up. <laughs> yeah. That might be a hidden, a hidden, a hidden cut too, because there's no way they could fit that crane all the way up these stairs. Yeah, so that's why I'm assuming yeah. they had to glide cam it to somebody, or it's a very delicate Maybe. cut. And uh, yeah, like uh, how did they fit the camera in here with these people? Okay, right here I have to pause because I think what they did is genius. He's not looking at the camera. He's looking straight forward. So the camera is slightly below eye level. And that achieves this effect. Like everything is well thought of, uh, thought out, thought out. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. and it's just like thoroughly like rehearsed to the point where like, okay, you have to look, don't look in the lens, look past the lens. Like right now I'm looking at the lens. I have to look past the lens to create the effect of like, you're looking forward. When the camera's right in your face, it's just like, mm -hmm. I don't know, I think it's genius. And see here, to make it interesting while the camera guy's getting out, they start doing a little dance and they're getting like sensual with each other, and that's like perfectly timed. And here you're going to have mm -hmm. people walk in front of the camera to give you more immersion. Like, yeah, you're part of the crowd or something, you know? This long take's just brilliant. What can I say? 
I like the music throughout too. Just keeps oh, yeah. up the beat. The carnival music is still going, yeah. It kind of weaves in with a more James Bond theme. Mm-hmm. See, so now we're following Curso, and now the stunt double can come in for the <laughs> sexy time. <laughs> Where are you going? I won't be long. And now the camera's just floating off a balcony. <laughs> Actually, wait, did I just detect some camera shake while doing that? Right here? Eh, the left wall looked a bit jittery. Mm. Do you think this is green screen or real? I was just looking at that. I think the building in the background is green screen because of the. It looked kind of weird doing the perspective change from this perspective to the next one, like two seconds later. Let me look at that building okay. again. I'm looking at the right building. This perspective change makes it look a bit funny to me. It looks like a 2D image. It didn't look like a 3D perspective change to me. Mm. I don't know how to work we'll, better. Maybe we'll see in the behind the scenes anyways. Yeah. But see, even this, everything that's shown b below is purposeful, right? Like everything is so intricately designed in this shot, including this angle. It goes higher up to show mm. the gap that he's about to jump. The fact that it's at yeah is at this point in the movie i was like this is still a long take i can't believe it <laughs> it blew my mind at that point oh that was a pretty big shake yeah so here it was passed on to a steady cam because the building in front shakes left to right right here yeah i saw that yeah And here I think it might be a green screen because this thick kind of fog magically dissipates right when the conversation when you happens. Need to see. Yeah. Mm. Oh, and that's the end. All right. That that's was it. that was that was wow. Like all these people, the walking, the precise pace at which they need to walk, the the people that have to be cute to come down the stairs. Where you have to look. And make sure nobody, none of the camera's shadows get in the shot. Shadows, reflections. When they got in the room, I yeah. was like, ooh, is there a mirror? Like, okay, here he's still wearing the skeleton costume. Yeah. And when it cuts away, or when she goes to the left, five seconds later, he's like in the other he's costume. changing quickly. Yeah. <laughs> Take enough like Superman. His Day of the Dead suit with his real suit underneath. Where are you going? It, but he has it in his hands for continuity's sake. There you go. I won't be long. And he throws it down. Oh, did I see a cameraman in the window? Probably not, but I'm going to double check. Hold on. I won't be long. Um, no, see, that's the solution. Uh, either you, you put something on the lens, uh, like a polarizer or a filter or something to not have reflections. Um, and also you put a curtain behind the window so it uh, <laughs> minimizes that reflection too. Because there's a texture. And not a reflective one. 
Man, Daniel Craig looks so cool walking. Just walking. Yeah. He looks so cool. Get his earpiece like, like in. Like, imagine if after all of this work, after all of this thing, his, like, gun, like, the shoulder strap would have just, like, slid off his arm. He's like, cut, <laughs> retake. Yeah. Ah, Mr. Bond at it again. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, like it, like it can't be a crane, or it could be, but like, it has to be on rails on the other side of the set, and everything here has to be fake. I don't know if they filmed this in an actual city. If they did, that's like so hard to film with <laughs> a crane. Well, I can tell you, they did film this in Mexico City. Shoot, this, yeah, I, I want to see, I want to see a behind the scenes of this. This is just too good. Not say. Oh, see if I really want to get technical. Um, he's enabling a laser here, and we can kind of see it in the fog at the front, but then you don't see it on the smoke farther in. So it's fake smoke. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it could just be fake smoke. Still a real building or whatever. Yeah. Oof. Well, that was that was interesting. Um, yeah. Do we have... Let me just switch us over back to this. Yeah, transition perfectly this time. Um, What else do we have on the agenda here? Well, we have a short behind the scenes kind of touching on some of those points you're trying to figure out. Oh, like a, of, of Spectre? Yeah. All right, so let me just copy that and uh, prepare that for us. And I'm just loading it up right here, and I'm just going to make sure that it's showing up for our viewers on the YouTubes. The YouTubes. The so I, YouTubes. So I watched this behind the scenes once, and Doran hasn't seen it. So some of your questions may be answered, Doran. We'll have to see mm. what we can glean. Mm -hmm. Okay, transition works. Let's see it. Right. So they've got the crane. Minutes of the sequence. We're attempting to do it in one shot, which I'm very excited about. I mean, with one shot, you're always having a debate with yourself, a slight dialogue with yourself, whether this is an act of vanity. You know, you're just doing it so people say, "Wow, it's one shot." But actually, I think for the atmosphere of the place, I wanted the audience to be dropped right into the middle of a very, very specific, very heady, rich environment. There's people thronging the streets, there's smells and sights and sounds and color and life. With musicians and dancers and Bond, it goes into a hotel and up an elevator and into a room and out onto a rooftop where you can see all of Mexico around you all in one continuous take. There might be a few sleight of hand tricks here or there, but really uh, today, you know, we're doing one shot deals, which is really nice. You take a, a good four or five hours setting it up, rehearsing, getting it just right. And then you get the actors involved, and then you have the afternoon to kind of perfect the take. It's quite a challenge, but a fun challenge. I'm actually amazed that they're able to do that that fast. Four or five hours and to get everything ready and then just uh, perfecting the take and doing it in one day. Like sometimes for, for, for a 10 second take, 
they uh they spend that much time yeah it's like so much planning though yes you know to make it run in those four or five hours so yeah i can kind of glean some details from set checking out some of these mm -hmm. angles like so they did have the crane on a track dollying it basically and making sure all the actions never crossing that diagonal view like they film left side and right side but it's never like so you feel like you're following them all the way through but you're never seeing actually what's behind the 180 uh, line you know where the dolly mm -hmm. is and in order for the continuous take to happen as he's on the rooftop that means it has to be on the other side of the building somewhere Oh, yeah, because he, he goes in, they take the elevator, they come up, and they don't come back out this way. They go to the left, so it's on the left side of the building. So that's why you don't see all the crew here. Mm -hmm. Oh, getting in trouble again, Nate. Oh, no. You know too much. <laughs> um, all right. YouTube, YouTube copyright police are coming for us. Oh, no. <laughs> we played a James Bond. Oh, no. Oh, no. All right, switching back now. Um, yeah, that is amazing. So, Doran, I guess now that you've kind of been enlightened to the long take, maybe there's some other movies that you've seen that you didn't realize was a long take, but Probably. now if you rewatched it. Did you ever watch The Shining? Uh, not that I remember, no. It sounds very okay. familiar, and I probably watched lots of segments of it being used by other people, but not, I don't, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, there's one where um, they actually designed a rig to capture Danny, the little boy, riding his tricycle around the hallways. And oh, yeah. It, yeah, so it looks super smooth, and he's just kind of weaving around. That was a pretty long take that they could have easily cut. Um, I don't know exactly how long it was, but that was another one that's that's pretty notable um oh children of men that movie has at least three amazing long takes and the thought and the planning that had to go into some of those is just absolutely nuts <laughs> so without like spoiling anything um there's a scene where there's people in a car and they had to create a custom rig so the director the camera operator and the focus puller are all in a part above the car. The camera is just sticking down with like being able to move around the car and they had to custom manufacture these seats so that when the camera was moving around where someone's head was, they had to quickly recline their seat to get out of the way for the camera to move. And then they'd quickly pop their seat back up so that it's, it looked like the camera was going in these places. Like how is the camera fitting in there? It's because actors who are off screen were ducking out of the way and moving out of the way just so the camera could move around in like this unbroken sequence. It's like, holy moly, wouldn't it be so much easier just to like stick a camera on the dashboard, you know? Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Oh, man. See, this is this is tingling my storytelling bone. Because <laughs> <laughs> like I want to do this now. Mm, yeah. You want to try and pull it off? I mean, 
Like, I do, but I'm so overwhelmed by the multitude of things that can go wrong. It's like, imagine trying to take a two-minute, make a two-minute short story, short film, and spend, I don't know how many hours or days planning it, and then who knows how many hours rehearsing it, depending on how complex you make it. And then who who knows how many days shooting until you nail it, you know? Yeah. So it's like I would want to do it. I would start small and see what how many lessons I learn from doing a one minute simple thing. Mm. But uh, yeah, <clears throat> like I don't know if if you were to do like not not for a paying client unless like this is specifically what they ask you to do. But if if you were to make your own like you know, expand your creative and storytelling and your directing career. Mm-hmm. How, how would you, well, well, I don't know, well, how would you think the best approach would be? Just off the top of your head. <laughs> okay, well, one would be, I would limit the dialogue. Because if you don't have to worry about picking up audio, you don't have to worry about, like, seeing a mic pack on someone or having it rustle around... And like, or if you had tried to have somebody with a boom following around, that's just adding extra, you know, confusion. You noticed in the the Spectre long take, there was just maybe that whisper in his ear in the elevator mm-hmm. was like the only audio. And maybe when they were in the room, yeah, she's you know, like, "You're talking. leaking." Yeah, it won't be long. You know, it's not when they're doing crazy things. It's just they're both in the same room. I feel like so. I'll try and limit the dialogue to some of the more controlled places in the long take, not like... See, but the challenge with that is you have to tell the story then using visuals and not audio. Yeah, it's true. Which just requires a ton of oh, or I, shouldn't, I shouldn't say audio. There's other audio you can use. What they used was the street noise and the um, carnival or whatever you want to call it, the celebration parade. Uh, they carried as you pointed out within the hotel room so that kept us connected to the event we never forgot of what's happening outside because their costume visual and the music Mm -hmm. Uh, another thing i would probably try and pay attention to is the lighting like i wouldn't want to do it on a sunny day when the sun's coming at an angle where you can see shadows easily so either have it in like a controlled lit let's say maybe a parking garage where there's light from all directions that kind of cancel each other out or like a more overcast day so again just trying to minimize the things you have to worry about if you're casting shadows with your camera rig or whatever then that could potentially de-immersify someone Mm. man this is this this is like the, the reason why i really want to do this is because it's a challenge that I've never done before. It's something that I super love and respect. It's something that I know is super hard to do, but it's something that I'm aware of. Like I said, if I start off small, I can pick up on all the things that can go wrong and what I need to focus on to make it longer and bigger, you know? So it's like, it's a challenge that I'm aware is doable and I'm not in, intimidated by it to the point where i don't want to do it but i'm intimidated enough to be like "Ooh, i'm not gonna 
not gonna go for something big right off the bat. Yeah, well, you know, a good place to kind of start with that would be weddings. You know, yeah, you've got a predictable path that your subject's taking. You know, the bride and the groom might separately walk up the aisle and then they'll walk back out of the aisle together. So if you can kind of know where they're going, where they are, you know, and just, you have to just keep in mind maybe where the photographers are. So you're not getting in their way. <laughs> but other than that, that, I'm like, if there's no photographer, I would dance around those guys. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, that could be a sweet place to do a, a really awesome long take. Mm-hmm. Uh, a guy I follow on Instagram actually did a long take as uh, part of his client's like commercial gig, um, like doing like a um, a promo video for like a bar, I think it was. And he like lined up, it, it was like a 30 second commercial and it was like mm-hmm. the camera was like entering through the door and just going up to the bar and everyone was like i saw behind the scenes of him doing it and everyone was like cued when the waitress should come in and when the person is supposed to drink and that looked like so much fun so much hassle to plan probably but Mm -hmm. i was like man i want to do that that seems like like regardless of pay that would be the official director's badge of honor that i would imagine like yeah i pulled it off I did something like that. Yeah. And that's kind of what Sam Mendes, the director of Spectre kind of mentioned in that behind the scenes. He's like, you know, I thought, am I doing this for like ego reasons to say, you know, I'm a director. You look at my awesome long take and it's like, no, it's actually informing the story and immersing you. So, you know, it is kind of a badge for some directors, I'm sure. Cause it's, like you say, it's so tricky and takes so much planning to pull off. Mm hmm. Oh man, this yeah, long takes are are uh, something I'm definitely going to be looking into uh, implementing more in my work. So I'm excited. Awesome, dude! <laughs> I wish I had well, the free time to do challenges because this is a challenge that I would 100% want to do. But I'm so busy. <laughs> Sheesh. <laughs> Have you, yeah. have you have you ever had a project or a personal video? Like, what was your longest take? Do you know? Uh, <laughs> I can't. I can't think of like a planned one. If, if it's just been like wedding coverage, following someone up and down, and just keeping them in frame, but it wasn't like choreographed at all. It was just trying mm-hmm. to follow the action. So I I wouldn't consider that a long take. If you're just like filming the whole time and just following people, it's not the same. Yeah, I feel like maybe maybe behind the scenes is the closest thing I can think of besides like wedding, as you said, like a one camera wedding thing. I think I've had a few behind the scenes where I'm like, okay, you have to act this way and do this way or not. Uh, sorry, not behind the scenes, B-roll. That's the word I was looking for. Oh, okay. Um like a few B-roll shots of like, okay, pretend like you're interacting with the client, pretend you're coming around, opening the door, coming through, placing your tools here, and then greeting the client. I think those type of B-roll shots, they were like, I don't know, maybe 20, 30 seconds max is the longest I've done. Mm -hmm. But the camera is mostly stationary. It's Uh... not the same thing 
as a camera that's like telling more of a story by following, by being on a gimbal or a steady cam. Oh, this this is something something to think and plan for quite some time. Yeah, well, keep us updated. Keep us in the loop here at the Nate and Doran podcast community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe uh, maybe we've got some videographers watching us. I actually spoke to a couple of people that I know are watching the podcast. So shout out to those people by not actually shouting out their name. I was just, just going to say, just, no, say just, who they are. No, no. You know who you are. Thank you for yeah. watching. Um, now they probably quit because I didn't... <laughs> but um yeah for our two viewers thank you very much let us know if you've had (laughs) examples of long takes that you've done um that would be really awesome to uh hear from other people's experiences and people that are not like a big hundred million dollar whatever budget hollywood movie it would be cool to hear what other videographers are doing to achieve these type of effects um, so if you're one of those people, let us know, comment on, you know, YouTube or wherever you, you can comment and give us ideas for, uh, topics, uh, that you would like us to discuss. Yeah. Or even tell us your favorite long take in a movie, mm-hmm. even if you didn't do it personally. Cause and watch Silent House. Silent House. Silent Elizabeth House. Wilson. Yeah. 2011 movie. It looks like an entire continuous cut and the storytelling is pristine the camera gets on the floor when she's like hiding under the bed it's amazing wow can't miss and speaking of stuff you can't miss be sure to subscribe to not miss an episode of the nate and darn podcast you can find us on youtube spotify apple podcasts or whatever you use to listen to podcasts this has been nate and darn thank you for watching and listening thank you